The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 130. And Joey, I think one of us today has a new phone. Mickey Papillon is a cell phone junkie. I did make the switch, and I am over with AT&T. As the rumor has been going, I did order a Centro. So I guess I would compare it to something like Mobile Utopia. Worst battery life ever. All right, we ready? Recording. Here we go. iPhone software 2.2 has been released. Get your BlackBerry Storm if you can find one. And how a razor stopped a bullet. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Before we get into things today, did want to thank our sponsor, GoDaddy. If you'd like to get reliable, secure web hosting without the long-term contract, GoDaddy's hosting plans are bigger and better than ever with up to 99% uptime, free 24-7 support, and no annual commitment. Plus, as a listener of the Cell Phone Junkie podcast, enter code TCPJ1 to get 10% off any order, TCPJ2 for $5 off orders of $30 or more, and TCPJ3 to get 749.com domains. Please see the site for additional details. Some restrictions apply. Get your piece of the internet at godaddy.com. Before we get into headlines, a couple of things I wanted to talk about briefly here. Um, I've been using the Plantronics Discovery 925 Bluetooth headset for about the last, oh, I'd say three or four months, and I've really enjoyed the, um, the side tone capabilities of it to be able to hear myself talking when I'm um, you know, when I'm on the phone. And, you know, one of the things that that is really intrigued me about it, and I've really uh, hadn't really ever tried was the uh, multi point support on it. And that's the ability for the, the headset to be paired to simultaneously more than one phone. And now that I've got two handsets that I'm really excited about um, using uh, the the BlackBerry Curve with Verizon and the Touch Diamond as my primary phone on AT&T, I decided, hey, let's pair both of these and just see how it goes. Uh, and honestly, I did want to, to say that it's, it's a very unique experience to be able to only uh, carry one he- uh, Bluetooth headset at a time. And so, Joey, I, I don't know if you've ever tried this, but uh, multi-point on Bluetooth headsets, it, it's kind of a neat thing. You're able to just, you know, pair uh, one headset and carry it around, and whichever phone rings, you, you push the button and it answers it. So it's, it's kind of fun. No, I haven't tried that because I only have one. Well, I suppose I could try it with the other phone, but no, I've, I've not tried that yet, but I uh, love using my Plantronics uh, Bluetooth headset. I see that with you there right now. You've got it always. I think you said you were telling me this week, you never turn it off. It's just, nope, just always on. Nope. And uh, I I know you said, because now you're carrying two devices and you had, you were kind of annoyed by that. So I'm I'm glad you found the uh, multi-point works for you. And I always keep this with me. It's always on. It's always ready to go. So um, I just charge it up every few days um, and it works real well. The nice thing about the 925 is it comes with its own separate carrying case that's got a built-in rechargeable battery. So what that means is you don't ever really have to think about charging it if you if you just want to keep it um, keep the case with you, like throw it in your your briefcase or whatever. And whenever the the battery in the headset dies, you just pop it into its little case, and the case's battery actually charges the headset. Um, so that's pretty nice. It, it does require then the case to be recharged after it's charged up the headset. That's kind of how it works. It, it 
you know, throws its its power over to the headset and then you got to charge that. But if you're someone like me who doesn't really want to be bothered by having yet another thing plugged in, you know, next to your bed or on your desk or whatever it is, you can you can just do that and it works out really nice. I'm been very impressed with it. The the standby time is about seven days on it, talk time up to five hours. Uh, so I'm usually hitting uh, right about four to five days bef- between charges. And uh, it's just a, an overall a real nice device. Um, I, I don't have any real reason to promote this other than I would say this is I've got a lot of different Bluetooth headsets. And this is one that I've really gotten uh, gotten accustomed to using and really enjoyed it. So check out the 925. Uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good one. I was going to say, and uh, I really like my 815 as well. That also supports multi-point. Yeah, it's one of those things. There's, there's a lot of different good headsets out there. Uh, Plantronics makes a lot of them, so keep that in mind if you're looking for one. Yeah, and last week it was uh, at Buy.com for sixty-one dollars. I'm not sure if that uh, special is still going on or not. That was the 925. Was sixty-one dollars? Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, I I paid well over a hundred for this one. So that's uh, that's a very good deal from the Plantronic site. It's one fifty. So uh, do some searching if you're looking to get it. It's it's a good one. Uh, it's it seems to have good uh, voice uh, noise canceling on it um, as well. So uh, it's a comfortable headset to wear as well. That's something that a lot of people want to make sure that they have because they've got it on all the time. I just throw it in my shirt pocket. I don't keep it keep it in my ear all the time. But yep, and it still is available in the, in the gold versions. Available for fifty eight dollars. Wow, that's uh, that's a heck of a deal. I would say, definitely, if you're in the market, to consider it. It's uh, it's a different looking headset, but overall works very well. Next here, the uh, Google Android uh, device from T-Mobile, the G1, uh, has been a, a very uh, hot device over the last few months, and people have really been excited about seeing what this device can do and what the new operating system will mean for the landscape of the wireless environment. And T-Mobile sent us one for review this week, and I was uh, took the time to pretty much use the heck out of it as I've been uh, with all the devices that I get. And would uh, would like to say that this is, if you're a Google user and you use the Gmail, Google Calendar, Google Contacts, and whatnot services, the G1 device uh, on T-Mobile is a, a very, very good choice. Uh, it's not without its downfalls, of course. Uh, there, it, the design the har- of the hardware itself is a bit dated, so if you're interested in, in some of the newer styles, uh, the G1 is, is not it. Uh, but it, uh, then again, it still does have uh, the, the same number of features or the features that you would come to expect, such as Wi-Fi, uh, 3G, and the new 3, T-Mobile 3G network and GPS. Yeah, that does. But, you know, it does have one of the newer features in the fact that it has a, the the screen is not recessed. So it is a a flush bezel. It is. And it's a capacitive touchscreen as well. So it is, with the uh, exception of the iPhone, those are the two devices that are out there right now that have that that nice capacitive touchscreen. It's fun to use. Yeah, and I got to play with it a little bit this week. A coworker has one, and it uh, the screen is nice and close to your fingers, and it's bright, and uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah, the the couple of things that I would say that really got to me on it were the fact that the, the keyboard itself is, a, is a, a little mushy. I didn't talk about it much in the review, but um, it, it, I never really found myself making mistakes when I was typing, but I wasn't real confident in the key presses like I have been on other devices. The other thing is, based on how they've set up the key, uh, the screen where it slides out to reveal the keyboard, uh, it's got this, this mechanical substructure on it where the phone slides 
uh, towards the top of the screen and then snaps back in place, which is nice t- so that you know when the screen has been fully uh, extended. There's there's no thought in your mind that the screen is not uh, completely flipped to open. Uh, that being said, what they've they've got at the bottom, what they're calling the chin of the device, that's where all the hardware buttons are, uh, such as the send and home back and menu keys. And because uh, that is down at the bottom, the right side of the device has a lot more space than on the left side. What that means is when you're holding the phone, your right thumb has to come over this chin to be able to type on the keyboard, whereas your left thumb is just sitting right there. And what I will say is that you're going to experience a lot of fatigue, especially in your right hand when you're, it's something that you're not used to when you're, when you're typing on it. You kind of have to reach over and it's hard to explain on a podcast, but when you're doing it, it's just, it's not as comfortable as other devices out there. So keep that in mind. Yeah, and that's true. And they do have that weird angled lip on there. Uh, you know, I, I suppose you're right in that case. Um, I didn't even try typing on it with the keyboard myself, so I, I didn't even experience that. But I know exactly what you're talking about because it, it's angled up on the right side to kind of almost give you a curve like if you're talking on the phone. But yes, with the, key, with the screen open, uh, since the keyboard doesn't slide you know, out from this particular phone, the screen actually, the screen itself slides up. So that, that kind of that uh, bulged out section mm-hmm. on the right hand side with the buttons is going to be, yeah, kind of in the way. It is in the way and it, it makes it so that you're not, you don't have a symmetrical phone. The keyboard is, is definitely shifted off to the left a, a little bit more. It's directly above the screen, of course, but when you're holding it in your hand, your right hand is definitely uh, has a little bit more work to do to get to the keys uh, because it doesn't feel uh, quite right. So anyway, just keep that in mind. You're you're not looking for um, you, if you're not looking for a device that you're gonna uh, you're gonna have an issue with that. And it certainly could be an option for you. Uh, finally, on it, it was a phone first, of course, and the the voice quality was fair. I will uh, I will say that I was not overly impressed with the voice quality. Um, I was told that I was a little bit tinny or even digital. Uh, in the talking, I was on the 2G Edge network here in the Phoenix area. I did not pick up the 3G network here, um, so that was unfortunate. But uh, when using over Wi-Fi, the speed is is fine. Uh, browsing is not an issue. It's nice and quick, uh, similar to the iPhone, where you just plug in your your uh, your information for the the hotspot that you're going to browse on, and it just uh, kind of you know the set it and forget it. Uh, type of thing where you don't have to ever think about it. You just leave the, the Wi-Fi on. Battery life was uh, was okay. Um, you know, it took a couple of days for it to get you know broken in, but it lasted me just fine throughout an entire day. Uh, I know people who are doing a lot of phone calls and browsing and stuff like that are seeing a little bit of an issue with it, but uh, it, it does seem to be okay. I'll just say that. But um, so anyway, the, the entire review is up over at thecellphonejunkie.com if you'd like to read through that. And I've got a lot of pictures with comparison shots to the uh, HTC Touch Diamond and the iPhone. So you can, you can see what the screen looks like in comparison to each of those. And then, of course, the size, because it's uh, significantly thicker than the the diamond or the iPhone because it does have that slide out keyboard uh, and just overall it's it's a good device though I, I really had a lot of fun with it applications wise you there's not nearly uh, the selection that the iPhone has but overall it, uh, the majority of them are free if not all of them I, I don't remember if I even saw any paid ones but uh, I downloaded a, f- a few right over the air worked great so it was fun yeah I think the uh, the apps are going to start going to to paid apps here shortly, maybe by the beginning of the year. Um, I think they're all free right now. I, I, that's at least the, the last thing I read. 
Um, and, and of course, the, the number of apps available will probably start increasing here pretty soon. Yep, for sure. And as more developers get interested in the platform, uh, we've got some devices that are on the horizon for the next six months. That would be great ones, uh, you know, that are they're a little bit more of an upgrade uh, for uh, that are going to be running the Android operating system. So with those, we'll be seeing more and more, I'm sure, applications as well. So, uh, so anyway, it's very, uh, it's a very fun phone. I liked it for push Gmail services, which is great. I love to see that. Uh, great support for Gmail and Google in general. So you'll have a lot of fun with that if this is the device that you choose to pick up. But uh, check it out over at thecellphonejunkie.com for our review. In headlines this week, first one, Altel says that they'll be offering Altel Navigation and XM Radio Mobile for free for one month to buyers of new phones. This promotion lasts until December 25th, so if you're interested in signing up with Altel, take advantage of it before Christmas as you'll get the free services. Documents recently uncovered by the American Civil Liberties Union and Electronic Frontier Foundation show that the federal government has the power to locate mobile phones without having to ask cellular network operators for help. Typically, the government needs to prove probable cause before it can access phone records to determine the location of suspects. Using TriggerFish technology, the government can sidestep that process. TriggerFish devices emulate cell phone towers and can trick a cell phone into broadcasting its serial number phone number, and other data that can be used to locate the mobile phone. The language in the documents unearthed by the ACLU and EFF specifically states that this technology can be used to circumvent the need for law enforcement to display probable cause to a judge before attempting to locate a suspect via their mobile phone. Qualcomm this week licensed Skyhook Wireless's Wi-Fi positioning system. WPS uses Wi-Fi information in addition to cellular and GPS data to better locate mobile devices. By licensing the technology, Qualcomm will be able to include in its future handsets. Currently, standalone GPS and assisted GPS are built into many headsets, including those with Qualcomm's own GPS-1 technology. Neither performs exceptionally well indoors or in city environments, though. Being able to use Wi-Fi to help determine location will improve accuracy in areas where GPS and AGPS can't. Leap Wireless's Cricket service has expanded again with the addition of the Milwaukee and Madison, Wisconsin markets. Other areas to see new coverage include Racine and Kenosha, covering a total of 2.4 million people in the Milwaukee metropolitan area. Cricket is opening five company-owned stores in the area, and Cricket services will be available at approximately 100 other retail locations starting today. The world's top five handset manufacturers have launched a new campaign meant to reduce the amount of electricity consumed and wasted by mobile phones. The companies involved include Nokia, Samsung, Sony Ericsson, Motorola, and LG. The companies have implemented a rating system for cell phone chargers from zero to five stars. That gives consumers a better idea of how efficient their chargers are. This will help them easily choose a more efficient charger. Cell phone chargers continue to draw electricity when left plugged in, even if the cell phone is not connected. Up to two-thirds of all electricity consumed by cell phones is wasted by chargers that remain plugged into the wall. T-Mobile is relaunching its T-Zones web portal as Web2Go. The new portal is completely redesigned and meant to provide a better mobile web experience uh, to feature phones. Web2Go will let users create their own customized homepage with links to the sites they visit most. The uh, the revised portal also offers T-Mobile customers access to the Web2Go marketplace, where they can download ringtones, wallpapers, and other content. Web2Go also has a dedicated section for downloads, so users can more easily manage their content. 
T-Mobile is integrating Yahoo's OneSearch into Web2Go for Power Search. The new portal is available on most T-Mobile phones starting today. And lastly, T-Mobile is offering several new data packages to simplify customer billing. The bundles include options for web, email, and messaging across all compatible phones and devices. Altel adds a mobile coupon service this week called Altel Perks. Perks acts like a widget and delivers content, advertisements, coupons, and other offers directly to the user's home screen. For example, a user may want to receive a coupon for $2 off a sandwich at a local restaurant or $10 off a purchase at a local retail shop. Users would just show the offer on their handset to the retailer to receive the discount or use the click-to-call capability to contact the vendor directly. Altel Perks is a free download from the Altel shop. The shareholders of Clearwire have approved the merger of its WiMAX business with Sprint's Zome WiMAX business. The merger has already been approved by the FCC. Sprint and Clearwire expect to close the deal by year's end. Into the news this week. First story we want to talk about is that cell phone sales have started to decline. It looks like cell phone manufacturers are heading into what's going to be a decline over the next 12 to 18 months as consumers are cutting back on the amount of purchases that they're making, especially when it comes to consumer electronics. Also, uh, pair that with the fact that uh, handsets have been growing uh, for the last uh, couple of decades, and you find that basically we're in a point where people aren't in a, in a position where they de- necessarily need to have a new handset right now. Uh, so this is going to affect all of the companies that are out there, uh, from Motorola to Sony to Nokia. Yeah, we've had a lot of, basically, kind of the market's probably saturated right now uh, to some extent, and uh, especially with the, the likes of the iPhone out there that's probably taking away a lot of business from uh, maybe from a lot of the smaller handset manufacturers or maybe it's, you know the ones that aren't Apple. Uh, it's probably going to change the market just a little bit. And it really depends on the type of handset that you're talking about, because as we saw handset sales grow in the first half of the year, uh, that has dropped, and they're expecting growth in the second half and into next year of up to 10%. Uh, We mentioned Nokia and their high-end devices as seeing a a drop in sales and all their smartphone-style phones that they have. But uh, one area that they will continue to grow is on the lower end phones for countries like India that uh, are looking for you know devices to to get out to people um, at a, at a low uh, cost of entry or barrier to entry in that market and so they're they're working on that and, and kind of readjusting what they're doing in their manufacturing processes and uh, whatnot so it's pretty interesting to to see that but I mean this kind of comes with no surprise to anybody I'm sure that uh, over the course of time and there will probably be some acquisitions here um, and some you know businesses that will close uh, we've got a couple of things that we're going to talk about here later in the show too because uh, there already are still some companies right now that are looking to cut back Moving on to Sprint, an administrative fee increase could be your way out of your Sprint contract. Sprint will be increasing the admin fee on January 1st, 2009 to $0.99 per line. That's known as a materially adverse change of the contract. And this is something that we've seen over the past few years in in the text messaging rate increases as they've gone from 10 to 15 to 20 cents. Each time this happens, people have taken the ability to get out 
of their contracts and saying that this is a materially adverse change. So the administrative fee in its increase will be uh, will be something that is very similar to that. So keep this in mind if you're a Sprint customer and you're looking to get out of your contract that this could be your way out. You have to remember that you're going to you need to have uh, all your 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 ducks in a row, so to speak, to make sure that uh, you're when you call them up because they're gonna. It's I think it's going from I don't know what the the previous charge was Joey, but I think it was maybe forty nine cents, and it's going up to ninety nine cents. I think it's it's not a, a huge change, uh, but over the course of time, I guess you could you could look at it and and say, well, this is going to affect me, but it still is not much. It isn't much, but it's 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 the it's the 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 concept of the whole thing. I mean, if you've signed a contract for two years that everything will be basically fixed, uh, you, and they're changing the rules mid-contract i mean they i mean if i wanted to you know pay less per month they're not going to agree to that but they can charge me more whenever they feel like so uh you know it it really is something that is a material change and they should not uh try to lock somebody into the contract you know this person here this the story that this is about they they had to fight and fight and fight and fight to get that changed uh, to get the contract off and it shouldn't be that way yeah, I, this is something that I, I hope those that are interested in taking advantage of it uh, can let us know if they can use this and, in, in fact, to get out of their contract. I'd love to hear about it. Um, at the same time, of course, it's if you're if you're in a contract with someone who you you don't want to be in, um, it, sometimes it's just worth it to pay the early termination fee to get out. Um, but this is why they the carriers give you that time to to test out your device. Uh, when you first buy it out, so that you can make sure that it's going to work for you, and you can, you know, commit to uh, what typically is two years in with that particular phone and that particular service. Well, IPCS has stated that they are going to be withdrawing their lawsuit against Sprint Nextel on the WiMAX uh, uh, issue that they had going on. Uh, they withdrew an injunction after the WiMAX venture um, that's now being called New Clearwire, and that's saying that. Uh, the it does not plan on launching WiMAX services in IPS, IPCS's markets before July of 2009. And uh, Clearwire added that if it moves forward with any launch plans, that it will provide IPCS with written notice 60 days prior to the network launch. So they uh, they withdrew their claim on that one. And uh, so it looks like that uh, Sprint is off the hook for at least the time being on this one. And the IPCS's claim... Uh, was that the WiMAX Ventures, uh, they center around the affiliate agreements with Sprint Nextel, and it's prohibiting the carriers from launching competing service in IPCS's market. So there's, there's, some, there's some underlying tones to this one that, uh, you know, if you're in the markets of Grand Rapids or Saginaw, Michigan, Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, Tri-Cities, Tennessee, Scranton, Pennsylvania, Quad Cities, Iowa, just to mention, uh, those are the areas that were uh, being being affected by this, but it uh, looks like for the time being, it's it's been resolved, and so if you're interested in what was going on with this, uh, you can read more about it at the link that we'll put in the show notes here, but otherwise, consider it uh, uh, laid to bed for now. Palm looks to be losing out as the iPhone is gaining some corporate pushing here. Looks like uh, Palm, uh, among other companies, is losing a lot of customers that are switching over to the iPhone, and, and this is something that, I, you know, we kind of saw coming with the release of the the new 2.0 version of the software that allowed for synchronizing with the Exchange server over the air, and a lot of people were just waiting for that to happen before they made the switch over to uh, Apple's flagship uh, handset. 
And it looks like the uh, approximately 22% people who plan on buying iPhones, which is just five compared to 5% of people who are planning on buying a Palm product, and that compares with uh, August results where RIM had 79%, Apple had 17%, and Palm had 6%. So Palm is, is losing ground here as, as Apple is, is gaining. Um, and it's you know a little bit uh, unnerving for those that are Palm fans. I know, Joey, both you and I have enjoyed our Palm devices over you know, the course of the last few years, and I, I would hate to, I would hate to see, you know, them lose too much ground. But devices, I think, uh, like the Trio Pro, are definitely helpful to the market that they have. Uh, you know, getting out there with some cutting edge devices that have all the features that people are looking for. So, um, anyway, it's it's one of those things that uh, you know, kind of saw it coming. Well, it is, and it's it's hard for them to compete with the likes of Apple with their marketing budget and you know the actual you know hardware itself is is very sleek and it's very new, um, but it's it, it's it's really different. But you know Apple markets as markets as such that it is a enterprise device where it really isn't where both the the Centro is targeted as consumer, but really it's a full fledged business device as well. And the Trio Pro obviously is, you know, both consumer and business, but it's more professional with the Windows Mobile on there, uh, making the ActiveSync connection just, you know, very easy to get your email uh, for the corporate. So, you know, but Palm's new devices here are very nice, but they're not as exciting, and they just won't be with the amount of marketing that they do. Yeah, and unfortunately for Palm, um, this comes on the heels of an announcement that they are... Uh, getting rid of an undisclosed amount of employees. Uh, the, a company spokesperson said that the company is undergoing a certain amount of restructuring and that will result in reductions in the U.S. and international workforces for them. The global economy downturn has been dampening the demand for consumer goods and in the impact on the economic environment is worsened by our the maturing uh, central line and the length of time it is taking to ramp up our new Windows Mobile products. So that is uh, kind of them blaming themselves, if you think about it, when they're saying it's taking us too long to get from one generation to the next with the phones that they're releasing and the fact that the you know the economy is not helping them either. So it is uh, it is sad for Palm that uh, we're seeing them kind of spiral down as well and. Uh, hopefully, we'll either see some sort of uh, you know new products uh, from them that will hopefully help to increase their market share and or uh, maybe an acquisition here before too long to to get them under the umbrella of someone who's doing doing well. Yeah, and I think you're being a little overly harsh there, right? you know, with the with the Centro from last year and the uh, you know the Trio Pro um, just you know recently announced. You know, I think they're kind of on the upswing compared to the way they were before the Centro. I mean, they were really, they had very stale devices um, before the Centro came out. I mean, the only thing that was new was the 755P, but that was just a minor upgrade to the other devices that were out at the time. Yeah, you're right. I probably am being a tad harsh, but, you know, I feel like, I I don't know, I just feel like they're really kind of in a position right now where they need to be doing everything that they can to to increase their market share. And the Trio Pro is is a great start with that. Um, I would like to see, you know, when when you see, you know, incremental increases on on devices like the Centro, where it's just, you know, just a bump in the memory, different colors. I I would just love to see a second generation Centro. Maybe it's not time for it yet, though, either. Um, Yeah, you know what? I agree with you. And I I think... um yeah, it would be great to see a new Centro right now, but I, I don't think it's the time yet. I think they need to actually uh, play that device out, uh, let it ride a little bit longer, because there really is not a heck of a lot of reason to upgrade it quite yet, 
and I think that the OS is really limiting them in some of the some of the things that they could upgrade it with. But I, I think if they could get a, a Centro two out within six months, uh, that would probably be a, a good time frame from now to 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 not let it get too stale, but to to keep but to let you know maybe that you know the investment in, in developing this phone actually pay off. Yeah, and and it, and it could be that's just what it is that they're just waiting for the time, you know, and that's a business decision that they're going to have to make. And um, they're going to lose some people along the way, of course, but, uh, you know, hopefully gain them back with the fans uh, or the, you know, the people that are interested in their products will continue to buy them. Absolutely. And I, and you know, if, if Palm's listening, I, I you know, get a clamshell, like LG <laughs> Lotus, make yeah. it look like that. That is a very nice one uh, from Sprint, the LG Lotus, uh, you know, flip style device with a full QWERTY inside. Very, very nice, very easy to type on. So, uh, moving on here, Verizon is firing employees for illegally accessing Barack Obama's cell phone records. We've got a comment from a listener later in the show that we'll play, but uh, th- that is I- an interesting take on different things that are happening with the president elects mobile device services. But these workers for Verizon Wireless apparently were. Um, caught browsing through Obama's cell phone records. The mobile account was for a flip phone rumored to be a razor that had been inactive for several months. And the records um, that were breached included call times, phone numbers of incoming and outgoing calls, and the numbers of the text messages that were sent and received. However, it did say that the employees did not have access to any email, text, or voice messages, uh, rather just the records of the ingoing and outgoing phone numbers that it had been in communication with. So they announced that the matter was publicly closed and that appropriate federal law enforcement agencies had been contacted and the offending employees were fired. So that uh, kind of ties into uh, ties into something we're going to talk about a little later here. But um, it, it is very interesting to to see what's happening with the president-elect cell phone stuff here because we've just never really talked about this before. You know, the public eye of someone like this. Yeah, and you know the the privacy of your of of anything. Um, you almost can't expect to have anything being private. You know, it's it's unfortunate these employees have to uh, you know do this. But you know, really for the average consumer. There's nothing that protects you from any employee of any company accessing your records. And basically, almost everything you sign up for has to have your social security number. And basically, everybody has, you know, access to that. I mean, so, you know, privacy is uh, is, is diminished dramatically over the past few years. So um, you just have to really be careful on what you do and kind of just make the assumption that everything is going to be public. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's no way to to get around this. They're using public or excuse me, private companies networks that have, you know, employees working for them that can have access to it. It's not like the president has, you know, president wireless where he's got towers everywhere he goes. He's, you know, would be basically relying on the ability to make a phone call from, you know, a public I keep saying public. It's it's a it's a private entity's you know, cell phone network. And so that's where that's where this kind of gets into a little bit of a hairy mess, I guess, is that there's there's no real way to do it any other way than to go through one of our companies that we have that are available. So uh, it is uh, pretty interesting. Again, we're going to come back to this one in a little bit because it is is an exciting one. uh, And we've got, I think, something that makes a lot more sense with it as well. Well, at the beginning of the show, I mentioned a razor stopping a bullet. A New Orleans resident was mowing his lawn this past week when he felt a hard object hit him in the chest precisely where he had been keeping his razor. And he took off his sweater and discovered a forty-five caliber slug 
that had w- was in his inside the sweater and that his razor phone had taken the bullet literally for him. Uh, he was um, he was bruised in the area, but it obviously didn't break his skin because it didn't make it through the the phone itself. The phone totally destroyed. Um, it looks like the LCD screen is all cracked, and of course the the top layer of the phone itself has got a huge dent in it. But small price to pay for what is a really a uh, you know a life saving feature of this razor that he had. Very very interesting. That is fascinating, but I guess, you know, having a metal design case, uh, there there is an advantage to that. Yeah. I mean, heck, you know, this is something that, I mean, it's a very strong device, very, um, you know, very much can, can handle a lot of abuse as a lot of handsets are made these days and, and drops and, and uh, vibration and stuff like that. So very neat to see. Yeah. And, and obviously this bullet was not fire, fired anywhere near him um, because... No. If you were any, you know, uh, probably within within at least a hundred yards, I mean, the cell phone would have been absolutely obliterated, and it would have traveled right through that. Especially being a forty-five, so um, it, it was obviously fired from quite a, a long distance away. Yeah, I would. I was going to say probably even up to a mile away. Um, absolutely. In, in this, yeah. So it's it's not like we should go out and buy a whole bunch of razors and expect that they're going to you know protect ourselves by putting them in the shirt pocket that's covering your heart. But nonetheless, it was nice to see that. I mean, it probably would have caused a, a pretty significant injury to this gentleman. Uh, he was saved by his cell phone. So kind of a nice story. Finally, in the news, the top executive of Sprint's CDMA business has announced that is going to be stepping down. It is the unit that controls 70% of Sprint's customer base, the CDMA side. The circumstances of uh, John Garcia's departure were not clear, and the company spokesperson declined to comment. Mr. Garcia could not be immediately reached for comment either. So we will find out uh, maybe in the future what happened with that. But Sprint, in the meantime, has tapped Keith Cohen, president of strategy and corporate development, is the interim replacement for Mr. Garcia while it searches for a successor. Into some devices this week. First off, the uh, the biggest news for sure was the BlackBerry Storm was finally released on Verizon's network. On Friday the 21st was the date that it was officially launched, and many people lined up around uh, Verizon stores and Verizon resellers across the country to pick up their, uh, their Storm devices. Most uh, accounts stated that the stores that were around only got between 20 and 30 devices each, so there were a lot of people that went home empty-handed. However, there was a comment that they or the option I should say that they could have done a uh, an order for the device that would have it shipped to them uh, as soon as the device became available from the warehouse and uh, the the interesting thing that came out of this though was that people were seeing uh, that state stated due to the limited availability of the storm orders would be shipping in early or uh, even mid uh, December and this came down to an issue with I believe Joey the firmware on the device so I think uh, what kind of happened with this one because I know you read an article about what that was all about yeah there was one report that's that stated there was a an issue with the latest version of the firmware so uh, Verizon or rim was uh, busy uh, downgrading the firmware versions on each uh, each of the devices to uh, get them out to the market so that could be causing uh, a delay here with the uh, shipments and the uh, store deliveries and if I understand correctly, I think they're going to get these devices out to um, or excuse me get the uh, the software update out to all the devices uh, earlier this week. So that is, uh, that's good news to see that they're going to be doing that because the demand is there. People are very excited about the first touchscreen BlackBerry that's out there. And 
um, I know overall, I think there's there's a lot of excitement just in general for it, just based on what it is. So anyway, if you uh, had the opportunity to pick yours up uh, or pick one up, we'd love to hear about it because it is uh, similar to the iPhone, something that not many people can get their hands on right now. So we uh, we'd like to see we'd like to hear about it. Next here, the Asus P565 was announced this week as the world's fastest business PDA phone. Uh, this is a touchscreen device from Asus uh, running HSDPA 3.6 megabits on the 2100 megahertz network with a tri-band uh, edge slash GSM radio in it, running Windows Mobile 6.1 Professional with a 2.8-inch screen and an 800 megahertz Marvel processor, 256 megabytes of flash, 128 of RAM, micro SD card, uh, wireless LAN B&G, Bluetooth, GPS, and a 1300 milliamp hour lithium ion battery. I don't know that that's going to be enough to make this phone last because that's what we're seeing in devices with half the speed, half uh, half the speed of their processors. But very very quick device there. That reminds me of one of my first uh, desktop computers uh, in recent memory that I bought. I think it was back in 2000. I bought a device that had a 900 megahertz processor in it. So it's amazing to see how quick these processors are gaining in speed. So the Asus P565, currently the world's fastest business PDA phone. T-Mobile announced the availability of the Samsung Gravity this week. It's a quad-band edge radio device with a full QWERTY keyboard that slides out for messaging. The Gravity has a stereo Bluetooth, 1.3 megapixel camera, and supports micro SD cards up to 4 gigabytes, preloaded with a number of messaging and email clients, an MP3 player, and mobile web access going for the low price of $50 after rebates and new agreement, available in T-Mobile stores currently. Verizon's Touch Diamond was pushed back into January. Uh, this is a device that uh, obviously we have seen on the Sprint network for a number of months now and available in an unlocked GSM version around the world. Uh, the Sprint uh, Touch Pro was the most recent device from the HTC line to get announced. And we're looking to uh, some some potential rumors that the Touch Pro could be coming out on Verizon here within the next couple of weeks too. So uh, it'd be very uh, strange to see that the Diamond would be delayed to after the Touch Pro because that was not the succession of the devices on how they were announced on the other CDMA carrier Sprint. So anyway, we'll keep an eye on this one and find out when Verizon will get their hands on their Touch Diamond. Sprint's BlackBerry 8350i running on the IDEN network is set to be uh, dropped on December 1st, dropped meaning released. So if you're interested in picking up the 8350, uh, keep your eyes to a suggested retail price of $479 down to $150 with two-year agreements and $100 mail-in rebate. Uh, There's also some, some talk right now of this device potentially getting pushed back even later, but at this point, looks like December 1st is that particular date. AT&T offers up the LG Insight. This is a Windows Mobile 6.1 smartphone with a quad-band GSM and Edge radio tri-band HSDPA with GPS, Wi-Fi, FM radio, and stereo Bluetooth. Three-inch WQVGA touchscreen for interacting with the phone, and it has a 3-megapixel camera with video capture, an accelerometer for switching between portrait and landscape mode, and micro SD card support up to 32 gigabytes, costing $200 after rebates and new agreement. Now, before we move on past this one, I did want to mention, uh, we talked maybe six months ago about how AT&T wouldn't be seeing, uh, or 
we didn't think was going to be seeing, a device that had a touch screen only on it with uh, no sliding or uh, physical keyboard on it because it would be a, a direct competition with the iPhone. Well, looks like the LG Insight is uh, you know, very much going head-to-head with uh, the, the Apple phone, and, and this is something that I never thought we'd see, Joey. In fact, they've done it in a way that's got icons on the bottom of the screen that look very, very similar to what the iPhone does. So I uh, I have to say that I'm, I'm a little surprised to see a simply touchscreen device come out for on, with Windows Mobile running on it from AT&T. I figured that was part of the agreement when they came over to AT&T, but I guess I could be wrong. I, yeah, I guess uh, Windows being a Windows Mobile device maybe precludes that. Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but um, you know this is kind of uh, it's kind of a diamond dish uh, device here. So that maybe they won't be getting the HTC Touch Diamond. Yeah, I think so. I think that that's completely you know completely off the market now for them. Probably the same reason that the HTC Touch HD is not coming here to the U.S. is you know something uh, some sort of restriction like that as well. So. Um, you know, nothing confirmed, just kind of talking and, and thinking about different things and reasons why this was, in fact, the device. But LG's Insight, if you're looking for a full uh, touchscreen uh, Windows mobile device. I have one more comment about it. The, the, the picture here, the, it's, a, it's an interesting looking phone, but the, the bezel itself is very wide around the screen. Very. Whereas most of these devices, like the, the Touch Diamond, there's very little frame uh, around the screen itself. So it, it's kind of a bizarre look. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I look at that and I, I kind of think of wasted space. I, I wish they would have expanded it a little bit more, but, um, you know, LG's design, they decided what they wanted to do and, and that's what they did. So anyway, uh, on AT&T for $200, good price for that phone uh, if you're looking for a Windows touchscreen device. Palm's Trio Pro coming to Sprint possibly January now. Looks like the Trio Pro is uh, is in fact for sure a for sure thing on the Sprint's network. And this is not too far after the release of the uh, Trio 800W, which was uh, launched on the network back in, I believe, June. So it looks like that six months will be the, uh, the exclusive period that the Palm device uh, 800W is on the Sprint network. And now we're going to a Trio Pro. So I don't know. Looks like it's good to see, I guess, you know, getting out the newest, latest and greatest, but I didn't expect to see it so quick. I did not either. I mean, with the 800W out uh, on Sprint, I just did not think this device would come to Sprint because it's basically the same thing with the exception of a three and a half millimeter headset jack. And obviously it's black, but uh, it's basically the same phone. Yeah, I who knows if this is going if they're going to be the only ones to pick it up. Obviously there's no GSM version yet on a carrier here in the US. AT&T would be the 3G partner that we would expect them to be and uh, if CDMA a CDMA version is coming to Sprint, maybe on Verizon too, you never know. Next here, Nokia's E71 coming to AT&T as the E71 X. Looks like this is uh, just a, a, a rebranded version of the E71. Doesn't look like there's much that's been taken out of the device. Probably about $150 to $200 with a two-year contract is what people are rumoring the device to cost at this point. A very nice device. have done a review on it that you can find over at thecellphonejunkie.com. One of my favorite devices that I've used uh, is as far as smartphone devices recently. So very excited to see that one coming over to AT&T. And that's a pretty good price, is it not? Oh, yeah, for sure. I paid uh, north of $400 for it, which I thought was actually a very good deal at the time, too, for an unlocked device with no contract. So I would say uh, I would say $200 for sure. If they get anything under that, it's just it's even better, you know, makes it even better deal. So uh, 
that's got a, that's a device that's got pretty much everything that you'd you'd want in it on the current device, including a nice slim form factor with a very solid feeling case on it. The the, the metal on it is wonderful. Uh, great HSDPA uh, antenna in it works very very well. Solid coverage with that. GPS, Wi-Fi, and uh, all the other goodies like a three point two megapixel camera as well. Yeah, that was a pretty nice phone. Yeah. I do miss it, but uh, we've moved on. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Uh, next one here, Carphone Warehouse listing the BlackBerry Curve 8900 coming in time for the holidays. The Curve 8900 is the successor to the current 8300 series of Curve devices with a slightly redesigned keyboard and a styling that looks very similar to the Storm. However, it does have that physical keyboard on it um, with a, a 480 by 360 screen, Wi-Fi, GPS, and a 3.2 megapixel camera. Not sure if this is going to be available in the U.S. on any carriers at this point, as the Bold was just released on AT&T. If I would uh, take a guess, it would be T-Mobile would be getting it over here, but uh, nothing confirmed at this time, so we'll keep an eye on Carphone Warehouse to find out when this one hits the market. Walmart has confirmed that it will be selling the iPhone 3G come December 28th. There have been rumors flying around that Walmart will be carrying the iPhone 3G at their stores, and it looks like Walmart and Sam's Club locations will be doing so. There will be 2,500 locations uh, that will be supporting the device. Training starting for the employees in early December with the nationwide launch, rolling out on the 28th of the month. Altel is releasing the HTC Touch Pro for $279 after a two-year agreement and a $100 rebate. So if you're interested in picking up the Touch Pro on Altel, uh, you can do so. Uh, looks like very right now. It's available right now. So check that one out on Altel. Uh, Verizon's Omnia. The Samsung Omnia is coming to Verizon. The November 26th date looks like the date it's going to be taking off on online and telesales channels for $249 with a $70 mail-in rebate. The European version of the device has been out for quite a while and a a, uh, 3-inch Windows Mobile 6.1 touchscreen device is a very, very, very nice to use if you're interested in that uh, styling of it. Um, on Verizon, of course, you're going to have some some differences with that, but they usually pick up a certain number of Windows Mobile devices. And Verizon's, of course, a, a decent network, and certain people will appreciate this device. And it seems kind of strange that they've got the uh, the Touch Diamond coming out, which is basically the same form factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would uh, I would have expected them to choose one or the other, but maybe they're just expanding, branching out, trying to find some some different options that are out there that you know people are looking for. Because you know, right now your your selection is very limited if you go to Verizon. Yeah, they really are, and I suppose you know, add the more the merrier. I suppose. Yep, for sure. Uh, finally, here in the devices section, wanted to mention that the T-Mobile G1 is now shipping with an audio adapter. So if you were uh, interested in the device, but the 3.5mm headset jack restriction uh, was uh, something that was holding you back from it, they are now including the adapter with the device. So pretty nice to see that there. That is. Um, anybody who has an HTC device that has that, uh, what is it, the x uh, HTC yeah. port on it where you have to use that for the headphones... Uh, make sure you check out eBay because the the adapters there uh, they have a whole range of them uh, and they're very good priced. So just make sure you check out eBay if you if you need a new adapter or you lost yours or you just want a new uh, like a new uh, headset to go with that. Yeah, it, it's one of those things right now that um, I know a lot of people would love to see it built in, but you know 
that's the the price you got to pay to get it, and so you got to get the adapter with it and carry around the dongle to use it with your with your uh, device. In the software side, the iPhone software 2.2 was released uh, this past Friday. The updated software brings several new features to Google Maps, including street views, public transit, and walking directions, as well as the ability to see the address of a dropped pin and the ability to share user location via email. It also brings updates to the email application, including fixes to mail retrieval and better formatting for HTML emails, which I believe had to do with the small text issue. Those of you who use HTML email on your iPhone know exactly what I'm talking about, as well as the an update to stabilize Safari, decreasing call failures, and improving the voice quality of the visual voicemail messages. Also, podcasting is now available, or podcasts are available for download from within the iTunes application. So you can go to iTunes and launch a specific uh, podcast and update it and download it right over the air, no computer necessary, something that I've been uh, very excited to hear about. I updated the second generation iPhone that we've got, or 2G iPhone that we have here in the house uh, with the new update, which is free, and the podcasting application works great. Everything else seems to be going along swimmingly as well. So make sure you get that uh, through iTunes if you've got an iPhone. Uh, on the heels of this, the iPhone dev team has released its Ponage and QuickPone tools for iPhones in the first generation iPod touch devices if you've got firmware 2.2. So if you're looking to jailbreak and or unlock your device, you can do so by heading over to the link here we've got in the show. Verizon's XV6900 finally gets the uh, 6.1 update for Windows Mobile. This is something that uh, Sprint's device got a long time ago. Uh, but eVideo Reve was added, as well as Opera Mobile and VZ Navigator. Uh, as in Verizon's, uh, most of their devices, the GPS will be locked down to only work with Verizon Nav- Navigator. But a workaround is, of course, expected like there is with many other devices. So if you've got the touch on Verizon, your 6.1 update is waiting for you. MarkSpace came out with the missing uh, or an update for the missing sync applications for Windows Mobile products. If you're a Mac user and you want to synchronize your Windows Mobile device, this is the software for you. The version of it costs $39.95, and an update is free for registered owners of version four earlier uh, or owners of earlier versions can upgrade for thirty dollars. Google adds contacts sync to Blackberries. Google recently added some features to its Google Sync for Blackberry. One of the features is the ability for Blackberry users to automatically sync their Google contacts over the air with the Blackberry, offering two-way synchronization between your Blackberry's built-in address book and Google Apps slash Gmail contacts. In order to enable this feature, users will need to download the most recent version of Google Sync. The software is free. This week, Nokia and IBM announced that the Series 60 platform will now support IBM's Lotus Notes email program. This means that uh, Series 60 third edition phones can connect to corporate server email accounts via Lotus Domino server software called Lotus Notes Traveler. Traveler enables real-time syncing with email, calendar, address book, journal, and to-do list. The new software will be available in December. If you're an iPhone user and you like to use the Orb service, a $10 application is available from the App Store now. So you can head over to uh, for a non-jailbroken phone, download the app, and watch all the media from your device, including TV, uh, music, video, and even photos from your library on your computer. So pretty nice application for those. Uh, no support yet for Mac or Linux versions, but Orb says that they are on the way. So we'll see uh, when those come out. And uh, all I have to say, as this article says, is come on, Slingbox, let's get your application to the iPhone soon. 
AOL offering a syncing tool for Windows Mobile. They made a new software available this week for Windows Mobile devices that will sync AOL contacts, tasks, and calendar information with the phone wirelessly. The -the over-the-air syncing does not include AOL email, however. The software can be set up to sync automatically so that contacts and calendar appointments are always up to date. And finally, the launch of Sirius's uh, iPhone application called Star Player looks to be coming soon. Subscribers to the Sirius XM satellite radio uh, will have uh, the ability to stream their music over the iPhone with the Star Player software coming soon. And uh, we'll be following this one because obviously a very, very nice feature that would be available for those that like their satellite radio to be able to listen to it on their mobile phones while they're on the go. Questions and comments today. First one is a voicemail from Scott. Hey, Mickey, Allie, and Joey. This is uh, Scott, your stubborn home user. Um, thanks for all the shows and the unlocks, talking about the calendar programs out there that we can sync with the smartphones. I'm finding that uh, familiarity is breeding contempt for me with the, smart, with, uh, the Centro that I've got right now. It's been acting up a little bit, uh, the micro SD card unmounting, and I have to pop it out and pop it back in, don't like the cable connector. And then again, there's still the, the slow speed data connection on it stuff on GSM. So I'm getting ready to move on. I do appreciate also your answers to my previous questions. And uh, I did actually have the Trio Pro myself for a few days, <clears throat> but I just didn't like the idea of, uh, of going to Outlook. So I would love to hear what other uh, calendars I can sync to. Uh, with various phones besides Palm, Outlook, uh, Apple's iCalendar, and Google. If there's anything else out there, love to hear about it. And um, I would also strongly recommend you listen to uh, Robert X. Cringley's report about why Windows Mobile will die. Yeah, very interesting perspective, pretty educated guy there. You can find his, uh, his stuff at uh, pbs.org slash cringely. And uh, he also does another program on uh, Azure, Windows Azure, and cloud computing, which a lot of these smartphone uh, systems are going to. Uh, right now, my options I'm looking at for a next phone, I'm thinking about Android, but I'm not really ready to move to T-Mobile and uh, the, the spectrum that they're actually using for high-speed data. And I'd love to see more application support there, too, but I think the OS is very promising. Uh, Symbian looks pretty good, and I know it's mature. There's a ton of apps but they're very limited in the touchscreen devices, and I don't see anything that's touchscreen plus QWERTY yet, so I'm kind of holding off from that one. Uh, the Blackberries, again, I haven't seen something with touchscreen plus QWERTY, and I don't really like the idea of synchronizing via the Bez, but I don't have uh, a lot of knowledge about that yet. I appreciate your insights on it. And the iPhone, while it's pretty, again, there's no QWERTY, um, and the capacitive screen doesn't work through the vinyl pocket that's on the leg of my motorcycle outfit. So with the Centro, I can just look down when I hear I've got a call coming in on my earbuds, tap the screen while I'm riding the motorcycle. Sounds crazy, maybe. But it works real well, and I couldn't do that with my brother's iPhone. So uh, keep up the good work, and I'll keep listening. Thanks very much for the voicemail, Scott. Uh, first off here, Joey, let's talk a little bit about the Centro. He's talking about how it's acting up on him with uh, you know, micro SD cards on mounting, um, and some slow speeds. Obviously, that's attributed to the Edge network that he's using with AT&T. Um, uh, any, any thoughts for him on things that he can look at for the issues that he's having? Well, the micro SD, I suppose it could be the actual card itself, could be defective or the contacts could be dirty. 
um, as far as the the centro acting up it, it and also the micro SD it could be just in need of a full hard reset where you start over uh, with a clean slate and reinstall each app one by one because uh, there could be some sort of conflicting app so one thing that uh, you know Palm OS really doesn't have protection for is if a rogue app does start kind of taking something over uh, you you basically can have a very unstable device uh, based on one particular application and it's hard to tell what is running and what's causing the issue so that could be something to try um, that that would be the 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 best thing I would have or, or get another micro SD since they're so inexpensive right now and just try a new one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just some of the easy things that you can do with that. Uh, It does sound like you're looking to move on though. Um, But to your second question, what other calendars uh, can you sync besides Outlook, Apple's iCal and and Google? You know, you kind of hit on the ones that we recommend. Obviously those are the ones that have we've tested and and work well. I I don't have any other applications that you can test out. Um, Joey, with Palm, though, he can use the Palm desktop, right? I mean, yeah, with the Palm OS, yep, you could still use that. Yeah, so that that would be something that you could use, but I I don't have any third-party calendar applications that I've used because I I use iCal at home and I use Outlook at work. So, um, you know, and then I've I've played with Google Calendar as well and and using some of the the applications that they have that allow for synchronizing between Google Calendar and Outlook, and that actually works kind of nice, and and I do like that. So keep in mind, um, these are some of the the tested applications that we've used, and so I I don't have anything to recommend to you. Um, If someone has a third-party app that they'd like us to pass on to Scott, let us know, but um, I I would try and stick with the, the... the ones that are are really tested out there, Scott. I would hate to see you try something that you know causes uh, causes some issues for you. But um, you know, you kind of run through all the phones. You know, Android, Symbian, Blackberries, iPhones. You know, what to choose, what not to choose. There's issues with all of them. Yeah, we know. That's why we have tried all these different phones because it seems like nothing is really perfect out there. Um, I, I really liked the E71. I'm going to go back to it again. The Symbian operating system um, may not be the flashiest, uh, but it is pretty solid. The phone itself worked very well. I know it doesn't have a touchscreen, but you can you could easily get around it. Uh, and I, you know, Joey, I know you've, you're clamoring to get in here too on this. Well, I, I suppose, you know, if you like the Centro, I'd switch over to Verizon or Sprint because then you will have you know, sure. uh, 3G speed on it. Yeah, the Palm operating system is, again, it's it's a good one. I mean, especially on the Centro. They've got a great implementation, very solid, stable. Everyone that we've heard on the show here is liking their device. I think you're the first person who's actually said that they're having issues with the Centro. Everyone is just so excited with this one. So um, anyway, I, uh, you know, I, I don't have really any other good things to recommend to you. Maybe check out, if you're interested in the BlackBerry, you talk about, um, you know, having an issue with syncing through a Bez, uh, you can, if you use the Google services, we just talked about the ability to synchronize your contacts. Synchronizing calendar is available through the Google services on the BlackBerry now. You can use the BlackBerry internet service, which allows for push email for Gmail, Yahoo, and uh, Hotmail. So it, that works very well, as well as, um, you know, accounts that you have, exchange accounts you can use through the BIS as well. So Blackberries are really good. I wouldn't be uh, very, you know, very hesitant to recommend a BlackBerry to you either. But uh, th- there's just a lot of different options out there. It's one of those things. You almost need to just write it down. List. Boom, boom, boom. Here's what I want. This is what's important to me. Um, what's, you know, what are the, the issues with the Centro and uh, why you would want to get rid of it? If it just has to do with speed, the Sprinter Horizon one definitely could be a good option for you. 
Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, once you narrow down your list, try to get to a store that has active models, you know, real cell phones, and plan to just sit there for an hour if you can, if you can go during a non-busy time when you can actually Mm -hmm. get some good time in with the phone um, without much interruption. Yeah, and tell them the cell phone junkie sent you, and then they'll just back off to say, "Okay, do what you need to do." I know, yeah. I, know I understand what they what they recommend. <laughs> anyway, um, we got another question from you here, and I think this is the same Scott that's asking this one. And this is that um, I, I was wanting to download the TCPJ Unlocked show number two you did on mobile phone plans and carriers, but uh, the information regarding that show there's no download link for it. Just wondering if you could fix it. Also, do you plan on having a separate XML feed like the ones for the cell phone junkie so people can subscribe to the their podcast client and have the show delivered when it's released going to the website each week is okay but i'd much prefer to have the feed i can put in my podcatcher and have to show just uh or have the show just like i do with the cell phone junkie each week keep up the great work really enjoy the shows a lot uh thank you scott for the comments first of all but um yes we have uh we have a link for each show posted um and this is it's very easy to get to actually if you go to the cellphonejunkie.com on the right side of the page i've tried to make it pretty clear is a a link that says i think go to tcpj unlocked and if you click on that it will take you to another page that has a listing of all the shows and then within there you can click on to directly download the show so it's it's a similar uh url to the ones that that we have for all the other shows, but it is indeed in there. So you can go to, uh, to the show for number two and download it. And as far as an XML feed, it is available. It is HTTP colon backslash backslash TCPJ slash RSS. And you can replace the beginning of that with uh, the cell phone junkie and you'll get the cell phone junkie shows. And those are forward slashes. I, uh, you are right. Yes. Uh, so anyway, so <laughs> Thanks, Joey. I appreciate that. But anyway, Sorry. you can uh, you can easily get either of those, put those into your podcatcher, and uh, and uh, easily do it. This is why we have Joey around, because otherwise you're going to be sitting there for years trying to figure out why my XML feed's not working. They are forward slashes. <laughs> anyway, next one here is a voicemail from Ralph. Hey, Mickey. Uh, hi, it's uh, Ralph from Las Vegas. I was listening to the last show. Um, you had the uh, discussion about Obama and the cell phone. Nobody's really come out and said it yet, but I'm wondering if part of the reason they don't want him carrying any kind of a cell phone or, or a BlackBerry around, I should say, maybe even a cell phone, is uh, locational information. I'm wondering if somebody could, you know, somehow hack into the network or listen in on the network and get an idea where he is. And, uh, of course, sometimes they, they probably don't want everybody to know where, where he may be. So I would think that email privacy and public records may be part of it, but I'm wondering if triangulation um, of his location is, is part of it too. Anyways, just uh, food for thought. Take care. Bye. So, Ralph, I think you hit it right on the head with why the president-elect will not be able to be carrying a cell phone. Triangulation is uh, easier than anyone knows nowadays. You know, you look at what happens when you pull up Google Maps. It's instantaneous. You can find out exactly where you are. Uh, you take this information and you translate it to someone who actually has access to the 
the records of someone particular's phone and you can see all the different problems. Even if you tried to set up some sort of rogue phone number or something like that that would be used by them, there's there's always the chance of a leak. And uh, there's it's just it's way too dangerous in the in the era where we've got phones that are trackable down to you know almost the uh, almost the foot with the GPS built into them now. So I think that indeed is the reason. Joey, anything to, to comment on that one? No, that is a that is an absolutely uh, uh, great uh, observation. Is probably why he's not going to be allowed to carry a cell phone. Yeah, I think so. So anyway, Ralph, thank you very much for that voicemail. We do appreciate it. Next one here are some voicemails from me, and I want to preface this by explaining what I'm doing here. So I wanted to kind of take a look at how the cell phone works in a, a building penetration sense. And I happen to have three different phones with me this week. I had Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. And for me, for me uh, both AT&T and T-Mobile phones run on the 1900 megahertz uh, uh, spectrum, and the Verizon phone operates on 850. So I, I have a garage uh, that I park in every day, and I wanted to see how far these phones would work. And so what I did is I made a call to all uh, on all three phones at the same time to the voicemail line that we have, and then started walking down the steps in the garage. So every second or every number that I count is me taking two steps. So I, you'll, you'll hear it as I'm walking. It's, you know, one, two, three. And so, for example, when I get to uh, second three, I've actually gone down six steps into the underground garage. I've lined up all the tracks over each other. So at the beginning, you'll hear it. There's a little bit of an echo as you can kind of hear all the different phones as they're working. Um, and I'll come back with the results after you hear it. Test one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So in listening to that, and if you didn't catch it, rewind it and hear it again, you had at seven seconds, you heard a little bit of a drop, and that was the AT&T Touch Diamond dropping off. So that made it about 14 steps down into this, in this uh, concrete garage. And then at about the 15-second mark, you hear another phone drop off. And if you're, if you're along with me here and thinking about what I thought was going to happen, indeed, it was the T-Mobile device, and that was the G1 that I was testing this week. And that one dropped off at 15 seconds. So that one hung on a lot, lot longer, made it to about 30, uh, 30 steps down into the garage. And then at 19 seconds there where everything else drops off, that is where the BlackBerry curve cut out. So that was almost 40 steps down into this garage, which to me I thought was very impressive. I mean, you, you look at how great uh, building penetration can be, and when you talk about a concrete garage, I mean, that's really an area where you've got, you can have some big issues. And, and so it, it was fun to, to try that. Granted, this was just a single test. If you were to look at it from the perspective, you probably want to do a number of tests, different you know, controls, and find out exactly where that particular spot was where the phone dropped but i was just you know kind of in a hurry and just kind of an off-the-cuff different test uh kind of showing how 850 uh, megahertz uh, phones can have better building penetration a lot of extraneous factors of course that are in here as well based on tower locations uh signal strength stuff like that but uh in the area that i'm in i've got pretty decent service from all the carriers and so i was uh, I wasn't really too concerned about that. They all were showing full service on the devices when I walked into it. So kind of a kind of a neat thing, Joey. Um, I don't know if anyone else is, you know, I, I'm sure you've never really thought about how, far, how many steps down into a garage you can go, but I just thought it was kind of fun to kind of line up to see how those go. No, I haven't, but it's a great test to do uh, side-by-side to compare uh, devices and, and networks. 
Yeah, I th- I thought so. I I thought it was I thought it was fun. It was just a good kind of off the cuff way to test it out. Next one here is a question from Tony. He says, "I'm using the Sony Z750 along with an AT&T or as long with AT&T as the provider. Recently, my custom ringtone, which I downloaded, was replaced by an AT&T ringtone. I tried everything to download it again and change the settings to save the ringtone, but was unable. I contacted AT&T and the person that I spoke with said that it is highly unlikely that AT&T was responsible. My question is, have you heard of this happening and received any other complaints regarding this matter? Thank you, Tony. Well, uh, to answer the question that you have, no, I have never heard of that before where the ringtone is just automatically reassigned to the, I guess, carrier-provided ringtone and the AT&T one. Um, but I, I do have a couple suggestions for you. First off, do you, uh, have you tried changing it to any other ringtone? Uh, as in, have you, there's a number of different ringtones that are you know put on the device by default, and uh, you can. You, I'm wondering if you can change it to one of those, and that would work. Uh, and then, in you know, a last-ditch effort, is resetting the entire phone. There may be something tied up in the, in the software somewhere that's not allowing you to make that change, and you just may not be able to. Uh, uh, you know, to do anything until the phone is actually reset to a factory uh, factory setting. Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't have really anything else to say, Joey. Any any thoughts for him? No, I really don't know. Unfortunately, not a big ringtone person myself. I usually keep my phones on vibrate, just what I like. So um, I, I've never I've never seen that where you've had to download a ringtone and it's not worked. I have downloaded ringtones before, but I've never had it where it pops out like that. Just very, very strange. Again, try uh, try changing it to another ringtone and see if it's that particular one. If it is, you may want to go back to whoever you bought the ringtone from and see if they've had any other issues with it. Um, and then, like I said, last-ditch effort, just reset the phone, see if that works for you. Back up your contacts and, and just start over, see if that works. But Comment from Derek. He says, Hello, hope all is well. For the last couple of weeks, I've been using the following numbers to listen to the normal Cell Phone Junkie podcast and the Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, respectively. Uh, and then he goes on to say, my question now is that it seems both numbers are routed to the unlocked podcast. Is there something that I missed or perhaps doing wrong and where I'm not able to listen to the normal podcast? Thanks for any help you can provide and keep up the great show. I've been spreading the word on both podcasts later. Derek. Derek, um, first off, I checked this out and it does appear that both phones, uh, phone numbers that we have uh, with the Podline service are routing to the unlocked show. So unfortunately, uh, over the weekend here, I haven't been able to get it resolved, but I have reached out to the Podlines folks and hope, uh, we'll hopefully hear back from them on what uh, perhaps could have happened. Uh, I'm really hoping to keep these same numbers as I've had them for a, a long time. And I've been, um, we have actually, we're in the, the top list of the most popular podcasts that are over on the Podline service. And so that's pretty exciting for us. And so I'd hate to leave the service or try and establish a new number if, if I don't need to. Um, so I'm hoping they can just fix the RSS feed for each of those to make sure that they're routed correctly. But on our end, everything looks good and uh, I don't have anything that I can I can change. So, But we're working on it and hopefully by the, the time that uh, you go to listen to this show, you can do so by using those numbers. But if you have any questions or comments for us, you can give us a call at 206 206- 203-3734 or shoot us an email to the questions at thecellphonejunkie.com Joey, thank you very much as always and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com